0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky, and this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from five to nine, this is what you missed.
1: Bob Barker on our TVs for so many of us for our entire lives. Certainly. Right? I mean, he'd been doing The Price Is Right since like 1975. And uh, shut her down and retired in 07. So he was certainly there. Him and those Prices Right models were a big part of my uh, my childhood growing <laughs> the, up.
0: The patron saint of school sick days. Yes, basically he was. He's a certainly lot of was. times on the couch with a orange juice, a bowl of chicken noodle soup, yep.
1: grandma with you beside you. Yeah, me having horrible, horrible thoughts about the redheaded <laughs> model. I didn't know what I'd do to her, but I knew I wanted to do something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he uh, passed away at age 99, and of course the big joke going on around the uh, around social media. And he probably would have thought this was very funny: is that Bob Barker came as close as he could to 100 without going over.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's the dollar is what you were looking for. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
1: He also, of course, starred in uh, Happy Gilmore with Adam Sandler. That fight scene so well known and probably one of the funniest parts of that movie. Came out in '96. They also that year won the MTV Movie Award for Best Fight. Really? That's, yeah. Price is wrong, bitch.
0: Oh, such a great line. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just it, like it, most of that movie comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> a fight with Bob Barker is just so classic.
1: And he was great, like you know, because he would have been. This would have been in '96. So '99 when he died. I mean, he was getting up there. Yeah. You know, and he. Yeah, uh, late but he, '70s, early '80s. He had a good swing. Uh huh. He's and, tall. He had a lot of reach.
0: Ramped up to it too. Yeah. No. It's uh, yeah. And, and he, he was—he was such a big part of of so many people growing up. But it's such a big, a huge advocate for animal mm-hmm. uh, rights and animal welfare. Um, I believe he had his own like kind of animal sanctuary that he ran. Yeah. And say like when was it the elephants that left uh, Toronto Zoo went to like Bob Barker's a reserve in in California. I might yeah, I be wrong on that. But I it don't was, know
1: if that's a fact, but it's probably true. Right. Um, but
0: more than that, I, he was so well known for his line at the end of every price is right, have your pets spayed or neutered. Mm-hmm. And, and it just strikes me, you know, you know, like that wasn't a network decision to do that. Mm-hmm. That was Bob Barker saying, this is going to be my, my out, mm-hmm. my line. And they were like... Okay. I mean, this is network television across North America's that, that, okay, you, you, you don't get to really make up your own lines all that often or, or, no. you know, use your own catchphrases that are advertising something else.
1: Well, I'm sure in all those decades that he did that show, he built up some cachet. And yes. Was, you know, he'd say, I'm Bob Barker, bitch. Yes. And he probably, <laughs> right. maybe he owned a piece of the show. He might have been a producer, a producer on it, which probably he was. Which then, of course, would have given him even more clout to do whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, PETA loved him, of course. He was one of the first stars to go vegetarian more than 30 years ago. He urged families to stay away from uh, SeaWorld and other type water parks, I guess like your, uh, what do we got down there in Niagara Falls? Um, he demanded the closure <laughs> not, of...
0: Not so marine land the yeah, way it's been going, it's going not,
1: for them, yeah. And it's been bad. I mean, that, that whole thing about avoiding those type of places has been a big push for uh, for a long time. And he was certainly at the front of that. Um, Adam Sandler posted a nice tribute. The man, the myth, the best. Such a sweet, funny guy to hang out with. love talking to him. Loved laughing with him. Loved him kicking the crap out of me.
0: I should check Shooter McGavin's uh, Twitter because he's always got a good feed. I'm sure he'll say something yeah. like, happy, finally killed him.
1: Uh, Drew Carey saying, "Very sad day for the Price Is Right family." It looks like every day is a sad day for Drew Carey these days. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks miserable hosting that thing.
0: And and there is full credit to Bob Barker mm-hmm. because in all the years that he hosted the Price of Ver- Prices Right, not till the very end did he look to tire with people. Right, and, and it was more in the sense that he just got frustrated and was impatient yeah. with them. But Drew Carey, like two years into hosting The Price is Right, had mailed it in. Yeah. Like he, he can barely, hey, it's a car, there you go. <laughs> you know, he can He can barely muster a smile.
1: Well, you know what he was really great too at? So when the, when the contestants would come up, they were so excited. And you'd get some women, it's really in the 70s, you'd get some women who were up jumping around and their boobs are. and Bob would never be like a, a leech. You know, he'd just stand there and smile. You never caught him like staring down at right. her boobs. Yeah. And well, I and
0: mean, he would take the kiss too because oh, kissing yeah. Bob was a big
1: thing. That yeah, was a big deal But he then. wasn't creepy. He wasn't like no. Richard Dawson that they're <laughs> Frenching making them Make it out, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was some great highlights. There was a terrific, uh, terrific moment where a woman got called down and she had gone off to the bathroom. Just, and so he's standing there going, Patricia, come on down. And, and then all of a sudden he sees a man jump up and he goes, I think that's her husband. He's chasing Patricia. Now we've got, uh, network execs chasing Patricia. Everybody's in the bathroom. And then she comes out and he has a, a good laugh with her. So he was great at just being able to do it off the cuff. Yep. Yeah. Nah, he was he was excellent. What uh, was that weird skinny microphone too and everything. Yeah, really, right. <laughs> they <laughs> all did that. One. The match game, I remember the guy he had big, tall, skinny mic. Yeah. yeah. It was a thing back then. Uh Liam Neeson was sharing a story. He was on a podcast, actually on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, that podcast, which is really quite good. And he admitted to a priest, he says, when he was fifteen, that he masturbated. He said the priest shouted at him, You do what? He added, this guy literally wouldn't stop screaming at me and telling me the grass will grow over my palms uh, if you don't stop that evil practice. Wow. So he was so embarrassed he never went back to church again. Except to snap that priest's neck.
0: He should go back once <laughs> just to be in that confessional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dark
1: voice. Give him the speech. Uh, people were asked about the top recurring Saturday Night Live characters, and at the top of the list is the Blues Brothers. Now, I don't know that I agree with that. I think, no. I think the Blues Brothers were great. You know, for their time, they were terrific. I think over the decades, there have been funnier stuff. Right,
0: for sure.
1: Mr. Robinson, Eddie Murphy, Matt Foley, Chris Farley, Wayne Campbell, uh, Wayne and Garth, Yeah. the church lady, Buckwheat, Eddie Murphy showing up a couple of times. And then going back to the early cast, Rosanna and Rosanna Dana. The one character Phil Hartman did that I never thought was funny was the unfrozen caveman lawyer. Do you ever see this? I think he just so. grunted and groaned. Right. It was yeah. ridiculous. But then things like um, um Mr. Bill was funny back then. Stefan, in my mind, one yeah. of the great characters. Yeah. Father Guido Sarducci back in the day, Hans and Franz. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's right. They were great. <laughs> and Stuart Smiley, wasn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah. He was terrific. <laughs> Uh, Drea Motto, I believe is how you say her name. She was on The Sopranos. She uh, was also on Desperate Housewives and Sons of Arna- Anarchy. She played, uh, Adriana on The Sopranos. Well, now she's got her OnlyFans page. Her profile pic shows her sitting on a mattress, holding a cigarette, wearing nothing but a pair of boots with her arms cover- covering her breasts. Her bio just reads The Sopranos. Cost you 15 bucks a month if you want to, wow, see her goods. Well, there you go. And as we all know, it didn't end well for Adriana. And don't say spoiler because it's been a while. Do you have on your phone, Lucky, a, an app called Myria? Myria? Myria. No. No, you don't, but I do because only the super wealthy are allowed to have this app. I know you've been skimming off the top cost me 30 grand a year just to be a member. What is myria? It's a concierge app and basically all I have to do is go on my app and say I want to have sex with Margot Robbie in the Barbie outfit and it'll happen. <laughs> oh really? Well, there's other apps that do that. <laughs> uh, this uh, this guy, his name is uh, Ray Flemings and he was in the music business for a long time and he built up a huge Rolodex and he's become the go-to guy when celebrities, millionaires, billionaires need something. An example he uses, he once got a client two seats at the Oscars sitting ninth row next to Jeff Bezos. And he got those tickets that day. Wow. He gets the Met Gala if you wanted. He gets the Oscars. He gets you front row at like a Taylor Swift show. Right. He gets you dinner with Taylor Swift. Um, right now, there's only a 100 members on this uh on this app. Okay. They're all A-list celebrities, athletes, and CEOs. So I'm
0: assuming it's not just the fact that you can afford it. You have to also be approved?
1: Yeah. There's uh, 500 people on a waiting list. Holy cow. And you have to have over $30 million. <laughs> he says most of the 100 are floating around the 600 million mark. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He wants to up it to have a 1,000 active members. He says he won't have a hard time doing that because super rich people are on track to double in the next three years.
0: You've often wondered why, like you'll see, especially with this uh, Taylor Swift era's tour, Mm -hmm. like the the amount of celebrities going to it Mm -hmm. is incredible. But they're not just sitting in seats like they're backstage or they've got side stage access and they're children are walking off the stage with taylor swift afterwards and you wonder like okay i know they they hang out in hollywood circles but do they really hang out like there must be someone who's setting this stuff up whether it's agents or or pr people that do that for
1: them you got in some of these situations you must be seen that's why you'll You'll see photos recently, like when Springsteen was in Europe and he's playing in Rome. And side stage is Sting and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And, you know, a list of people just standing there holding drinks in their hand. It's why at the Super Bowl they'll do the, uh, the shot up into the uh, private suite. Right. And it's Beyonce and Jay-Z sitting there. And they're all probably on this app. And, you know, they just uh, get on there and they go, I want to get to Rome and I want to see Springsteen make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it's done. You know, they say more money, more problems. But I guess with this app, someone's there to solve his problems. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get my pocket podcast app to work. <laughs> <laughs> but there are apps that you could literally punch in. I want to have dinner with Taylor Swift. And you'll be dining with her that evening. There's a a real problem on TikTok, or supposedly people on TikTok have a a real issue. They got uh, something going on called Picklegate. And they're very concerned as why uh, pickle jars almost never include the word pickle. So they're very concerned. They think there's a conspiracy going on. Right. But when the big pickle companies rast, they go, it's a glass jar. You can see the damn pickle inside.
0: <laughs> it's not not a whole lot of surprise well, going on.
1: That's why on the label of most pickle jars it'll say like kosher dill spears or bread and butter slices. So because there's a wide variety of different flavors. Isn't it also that like like it's
0: a pickled cucumber, right? Mm. Like pickling is the the technique, the yes. process. Right. Not necessarily the result. Right. Like Kleenex. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, the pickle thing seems to be uh, having a, a a real kind of uh, popular moment. I've seen a lot of recipes online that include pickle juice, pickled potatoes, and pickled chicken. What said, is pickle juice? Is it
0: not just the brine? It is the brine. Yeah, but they, you can't juice a pickle.
1: No, I don't think so. I've never. Well, <laughs> in college, many a man has tried. In college, <laughs> I was
0: experimenting. <laughs> Squeeze and pull. (laughs) Isn't that what you do? (laughs) We we were
1: all adults. Yeah, I, even athletes supposedly enjoy the pickle juice. They say, I guess, the electrolytes are in it, and it's good after a workout to drink some pickle juice. I know of the pickled back, which is a shot of pickle juice after a shot of whiskey. Oh. I can't have too many of those, but I have had a couple.
0: The shots of the whiskey or and, the pickle oh, oh. pickle back? Which one are you you cutting
1: out? I get confused. <laughs> uh, you take a shot of whiskey, and, you know, whiskey's really supposed to be a sipping thing, not, right. a, not a shot, but if you happen to be doing a shot of whiskey, it can be a real to it, and so the, then the shot of pickle juice smooths it right out.
0: Sure, yeah,
1: it's good. There's even pickle popsicles now. Ugh. Somebody sent us a, a picture of pickle milk. Now I love me a pickle, but even <laughs> that seems gross.
0: <laughs> I don't. Do you really want your milk tasting anything other than milk?
1: No, you know you tasted milk. that You drink milk, and it tastes like a pickle. You're going to think this milk is sour. Exactly. This is, when did this go... Uh, what was the best before, 1972 on this bad boy? <laughs> What's next?
0: Ooh, curdled
1: milk. I was uh, out in uh, Brampton yesterday. We were visiting uh, my mother-in-law, and I had to uh, scoot out to the store. She needed a key cut. And so while I was uh, there getting the key cut, I noticed the guy. It's one of these stores that sells a little bit of everything. And... Um, he had a, a, a fancy, elaborate uh, little display of Zippo lighters. And I oh. Thought, I have not seen a Zippo lighter in decades. Right. I had a couple of them in my day. I remember buying them for my dad as, like, Christmas gifts and stuff when he smoked his pipe. mm mm-hmm. So I said, well, how much do these go for now? And so we turned on the light so I could see the prices. And they were anywhere from like $39 to $99. 90, 100 bucks. And I said, wow. I said, do these still sell? And he goes, yeah, they're a real collector's thing. Okay. Yeah, people have hobbies and collections they like to have. So I guess Zippo lighters are... Uh, yeah, still a thing. Well, didn't you have to you had to fill them? Yeah, oh yeah.
0: And replace the flint? No, it was a whole thing. Yeah.
1: People got really good at like being able to hit it against their leg and the lid would pop open and then you'd flick it the other way and it would light. Right. it's always flicking the lid. Yeah.
0: Or holding it with a couple of fingers and and getting yep. the right snap on it to flip the lid. I wasn't a smoker, so I wasn't very good at
1: it. I uh I loved smoking and I loved my Zippo lighter. <laughs> I tell you if, They came out tomorrow and said, you know, we figured out that nicotine is really good for, and I don't care, any part of your body, healthy cuticles. Nicotine's great for your cuticles. I'd be right back on the butts. (laughs) Because it was nothing, nothing greater than just standing there and taking that deep breath in. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think that's for a lot of people, as much as it did the exact opposite. A lot of people thought forever that smoking was kind of good for their health because of that deep breathing exercise. Just that hauling it in and blowing it out, right. you, know, you know, when you do some, say you feel yourself kind of tense and you just go, okay, am going to do a little deep breathing here, try to talk myself down. Mm. If you feel ever like anxiety or anything uh, approaching that. And I think for a lot of people, it's just a mental thing of like taking that deep drag and blowing it out was a, meanwhile, I mean, of course you're clogging your lungs. But yeah,
0: that, that whole side effect yeah. of it. But I, I'll give you this, if anything and and maybe this is where people have gone to to vape or looking for other vices mm-hmm. in that is that it did give pause for the smoke break mm-hmm. because those who stop often stop going down to be around others who are smoking mm. but for some that break you know midway through your morning or midway through your afternoon or in other cases, every bloody hour, um, that, that 10, 15 minutes was a reset mm-hmm. and and uh, a bit of a mental break, not just a smoke break.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I loved that. There was a few cigarettes a day that were my favorite, uh, getting up to go to work in the morning. with The car was warming up in the winter. <clears throat> I'd stand outside, and then it would be dead quiet sit there on the porch and have a cigarette and, and those moments are great the after dinner cigarette i would i would have to wonder if you were in an office environment now
0: and you were going to take the smoke break and weren't a smoker whether or not you'd be kind of frowned upon in mm-hmm. that sense really if i was just if i said i'm gonna go take a mental break and i will be downstairs for 10 15 we're just okay. going to take a walk
1: i think nowadays you can get away with that probably more than ever
0: yeah i, I think you Probably you could, but I wonder if someone would look at it and say, you're not even a smoker. Why are you going down there? You're just, you're just lazy or you're just taking too many breaks.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, some places, sure, maybe, Mm. but I know there's been the talk in the past of like, if you added up all the time that people took for cigarette breaks, the non-smokers should get that in holiday time or I've heard that kind of discussion, but like it is what it is it's always been this way and i am surprised that more companies haven't put a halt to it uh and maybe some have i mean listen this company's based in about 1982 <laughs> so we're still playing within those boundaries right uh with a lot of how we operate so but i would think like you know you're say your big tech companies mm. they might have more of an issue with that you know well
0: i mean you're always legally entitled to those
1: breaks yeah, but your 115-minute It
0: was break. like one 15-minute break and your, and, and your lunch, or two 15s and lunch, right?
1: Well, here they take the 15s every 45, <laughs> and they take an hour lunch, and they bring their breakfast in and eat it. You know, this office is like everybody that works here just kind of lives here. Yeah, true. It, it's uh, It really has become everybody's second home. It is the man, the uh, the godfather of the grill for Hollanda's Meats. He's on the line. He's Ted Reader. Good morning, Ted.
2: Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. You know, when you can fire up a grill every day of your life and make mm. tasty, it's a good thing. Yeah,
1: there's a great profession you chose, my friend, and you are a master at it. Now, let me ask you a question. I thought about this over the weekend. I saw that something. Hurt. It did. hurt. Well, it did hurt. <laughs> you know, I don't do a lot of thinking. But when I do... I say to myself, what would Ted Reeder do in this situation? And that doesn't uh, that's not just for cooking. That's all situations. I say how would Ted handle this? So, I ha- I was starting to think because I had saw in in a in a magazine, uh, a cooking magazine. I didn't read the whole thing, but I it caught my eye. How you could make uh like sausage hamburgers. Basically, I guess you would take ground pork, but how would you season it and flavor it? to give it that sausage texture and then you could make even like breakfast patties out of it you know and have them with eggs in a in a wrap or something
2: wow that you were really work twisting yeah. the brain cells on that yeah. whole <laughs> <process. Yeah. laughs>
1: i think it's All i right. think it would be a tasty treat a sausage hamburger
2: uh, sausage hamburgers are, are a tasty treat. And the easiest way to do it, Greg, is to buy your favorite uh, fresh sausage. So go down to the counters at Holendis. Mm-hmm. And either they're mild or hot Italian sausage or uh, they even have a cheddar beer sausage, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of different flavors of sausages. And you'd buy the fresh sausage. And you're looking at that and going, how am I going to make that into a, into a patty? So then you cut the casing mm. and you take the meat out of the casing.
1: But can't I just get like ground? Because isn't it pork sausage? Is pork, right? It so is.
2: But but you're looking at a you're looking for the right amount of fat. I see. Right, lean to fat ratio. So if you want that perfect sausage, you take it out of the casing, you form it into patties, and you're all set, ready to go. Um, that's nice. If you're going to do it yourself, um, you can do uh, salt, pepper, garlic, or three of the main ingredients that go into an italian sausage all right okay Uh, a little bit of granulated onion powder in there you can put some ground fennel into that as well Mm -hmm. if you want some spice you're going to add some some paprika just a little bit and then some cayenne pepper that will help build up the heat to the level that you want if you want to add some uh, chili flakes into that mix you can do that as well and then you mix the whole thing together you're going to need to, what I call, overhaul it. So when you mix it, you want to extract a little bit of that fat so it gets sticky. And you're you're looking, you know, when you go to the butcher counter, look at the ground pork. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for every pound of meat, you're probably going to need two to three tablespoons of seasoning in there. Go easy on the salt. You want more of the spices than anything else. Okay. And form your patties. And you can do the same thing for your breakfast patties. You're not going to have as much of that uh, garlic notes in there. You'll add a little bit of uh, extra black pepper and sage to it. And then form your patties and you're all set to rock and roll. So, Ted, really that, simple.
0: that's a great idea and a fresh kind of new idea and take on things. And this is the week, the time of year, when so many parents are looking for new ideas and things that they can grill up and maybe have some leftovers for because the dreaded school lunch is coming right back into play.
2: Oh, yeah. The the lunches are are important for the kids and uh, getting yourself organized uh, ahead of time, whether you're needing to make breakfasts up. Um, But, you know, breakfast sandwiches are great to go. So making those breakfast sausage patties up, you can bake them off in the oven. Mm. And they're pre-done and easy, so you don't have to fry them. You can just bake them, and it'll extract the fat so they're not as greasy. And pat them dry and build your sandwiches, and the kids can take that and, and have a great sandwich for lunch. It's nice and easy. Yeah, I right? know You were f- really thinking it up
1: there. Oh, I know. I, you- I know. Sometimes. I'm good this way. Hey, little, uh little Lucky fun fact as well. Did you know that Lucky in high school's nickname was a uh, Perfect Sausage? <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Believe it was juicy, but that's okay. <laughs> fatty. Fatty right. sausage. Um Yeah, you know, the great thing, and this is something, Ted, uh, now that you're, uh, your kids are almost done school, right? They're both in high school, yes?
2: Oh, we're praying. We're praying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I say this every time the new school year rolls around. I say to parents... I say you get them to the bus or you get them to school and then you find yourself a patio because this time of year, and certainly the weather this week is perfect for it, and hopefully this carries on for some time. You find yourself a patio somewhere around noon or one and you start just sipping a nice Chardonnay or whatever you like and then the kids are in school and you can slip home and maybe get a leg over, a little afternoon delight. This is the tip to the parents, I say.
2: You're, you're, you're doing all right, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, most of the parents are just going, thank God <laughs> you've gone back to school, <laughs> uh, and we can just chill out, maybe take a nap. Yes. And uh, go to an afternoon movie. That's what my wife and I do, is Perfect. we're like, let's let's catch a flick yep. and, uh, and get out and have some fun. But it's exciting that the kids are going back to school. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just one last thing. This coming Friday at the joint, Our good buddy Christian Pritchard Mm -hmm. is going to be playing at the joint with his Friday night funk group. And so, if you want a spot on the patio, you better get there early because we will be jammed.
1: Now, this is with his son and daughter. It's like a family. Oh, no, affair. the daughter's
2: gone
0: off to school now. Oh, he just she? dropped her off. So oh. I don't know if he yeah. can play through the tears in his eyes, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes on Friday.
2: I saw the yeah, phone. They were, they were they were moving her in, into uh, into university yesterday, and okay. so he he was crying a little bit. Uh, I think his wife told him to suck it up. <laughs> and he's uh, he's uh, but he's to be there his son lachlan is uh, is going to be on the drums and they've got some friends coming in and so it'll be a great time for friday night funk at the joint live music uh, great barbecue pizzas it'll be a busy time beautiful busy time
1: but you could join them if you're yeah. missing a musician you get the spoons it'd be like a kitchen kelly like they do in the
2: east coast the spoons i usually play the machete
1: <laughs> <laughs> only one song
2: <laughs> One thought. <laughs> and it's
1: over. All right, Ted, if people want to talk to you about back-to-school meals that they can whip up on the grill for their kids or making a sausage hamburger or anything about the joint or just in general, maybe someone wants to know about taxidermy and you would have the answer to that. Who
2: knows? <laughs> How do they get a hold of you, Ted? Uh, you're going to find me in social media at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and, and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 mm. The Rock.